live from the XJ Talk Show News Desk. Local city unsure why new sewer system smells. $330 million review and investigative board to start work immediately. Bienvenidos al XJ Talk Show, un podcast acerca de aventuras off-road en Jeep Cherokees y entrevistas con los que manejan y mueven el mundo de las carreras off-road. Ahora, aquí están sus presentadores, Tony y Josh. I'm the uh, Tony of that, port, of that part. And I'm the E. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is episode 87 of the XGA Talk Show. It is a talk show about, uh, well, Jeep Cherokees. And, uh, well, we're here because of our website, uh, xjtalk.com, a, a premier Jeep Cherokee forum with uh, over 2,000 members. So, uh, hey, if you got a Jeep Cherokee, thinking about getting a Jeep Cherokee, uh, or uh, just would like to be part of a great and fun uh, group, come over and join us at xjtalk.com. One of the nicest places on the web for tech information and, well, a little bit of entertainment involving uh, the Jeep Cherokees. Yeah, you know, often I think uh, not enough entertainment, but I guess uh, we actually started off, that's all we were was entertainment with little or no tech. But that certainly has changed over the last uh, three years. We've been in, had it been around for about four years. First year was just funny games. <laughs> well, we've certainly gotten down to business here, especially with the XJ Talk Show. The podcast you're listening to right now can be found on Stitcher Radio, broadcasting live every Sunday, 10 p.m. Central on Ustream. And we're also found on iTunes as well. Yep, yep. And a uh, little used, but still there. Zune. We are on Zune. Soon to be on Zune? No, we're there already. <laughs> well, we've got a jam-packed show for you guys this uh, this evening. We've got, uh, well, some stuff we're going to talk about, just uh, some chit-chat between Tony and I about the uh, the awesome holiday that I'm hoping that we both had. Uh, we've got some voicemails to share with you guys. Of course, this week in Jeep, we're going to talk about some Jeep news as well. And we've got uh, a little bit of tech as well involving, uh, well, how to find an, a place to go play with your Jeep. You know, Josh, now that I've started talking, I realize that I haven't really said uh, very much in the last four days. And uh, I, I speak about three sentences and have to clear my throat. I mean, I guess I need to be practicing during the uh, these long holiday weekends. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm, I'm sitting here stumbling over my words a couple of times because, I well, geez, it's been a little while since I've been in front of the mic. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, well, Josh and I have another show, uh, the Tony and Josh show. Uh, man, I am really having some fun tonight. The Tony and Josh show, that was last Thursday. And... Uh, I got to wing that one by myself. I don't even know if you realized that we recorded that anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, man. I, I totally dropped the ball on that. So I'll apologize to you publicly and to, and to all of our fans and listeners. I, um, I was uh, not able to time, uh, do my time management appropriately, and I didn't even get back into town until, geez, well after the time that we would have be starting the starting recording. Oh, man, if, if we were making 200 k a year and spending – uh, 50,000 in uh, advertising, then, uh, then I'd be upset. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm putting a, put a lift kit on and damn it. I want to get the lift kit done instead of coming here and record a show. Well, that's just the way it should be. I mean, sorry folks, but, uh, family comes before fun. Yep, absolutely. Well, speaking of family and fun, Tony, how was, uh, how was the fourth for you? I was okay. I, uh, I didn't, uh, I managed not to do a damn thing. Uh, I installed, uh, a, uh, <laughs> I installed a uh, uh, a Sony Bluetooth uh, radio stereo system, 
in my daughter's 99 Jeep that's been sitting around uh, for quite a while. I had all the bits. I'm really good at research and uh, finding all the stuff that I need and then ordering it and having it sitting, not always in one pile, but I always, you know, good about having all the parts and uh, not so good with the uh, out there getting out there and actually doing it. So uh, got that installed and uh, it was pretty cool uh, getting the Bluetooth set up where you could play directly music directly from your cell phone uh, or make phone calls. Uh, it actually allows you to, and, and I'm probably just saying what everybody already knows. It's new to me. I've never seen one actually in operation, but whenever you use the, uh, the Bluetooth uh, phone feature with the, uh, with uh, the radio, which has a, a separate external mic, kind of like the old uh, hands-free units used to, where you'd have the, the microphone up close to the, um, it's like a lapel mic is, is, is probably right. exactly what it is. And, uh, but you stick it up there close to the, uh, the roof someplace anyway. So I ran that and everything hooked it up. And, uh, if you're, uh, if you're driving along listening to your, uh, uh, CD or USB device or USB, uh, drive, listening to music, uh, when the, your, your phone gets a call, it'll blink phone on the display of the radio. And the, the knob that you would use to turn the volume up and down is also a push button. You press that to answer the phone. And then you do your little, you know, your little jig, dance, talk on the phone type thing. And when you're done, you press the button again. Or if you're having a fight, you just press it twice. <laughs> and it answers and hangs up. Answers and hangs up. Answers and hangs And the music just fades back in. It's really nice. So a performance question then, I don't know if you had any uh, opportunity to road test this, but I'm very curious about those and how they work with wind noise is let's say you get a call while the window is down and you're on the freeway, how that would sound. Uh, it probably would suck, especially in a Jeep with off-road tires. I, I don't think this would be, uh, something of very much use, um, in, in any environment where you're, where it's going to be noisy. Now I will say this, there is a button on the microphone, I mean on the microphone, on the radio uh, labeled mic, and that allows you to adjust for high or low sensitivity. So, oh, okay. so that might uh, feed in to uh, answer your question. It might help. I've got a, a Kenwood. Uh, I think it's a Kenwood. No, it's an Alpine. I'm sorry. Uh, in my in uh, in my Jeep, and it is Bluetooth ready now. So that means that basically I, I have to purchase the the offboard unit that would be the plug and play basically. And I've, I've been reluctant to do that because, well, I've got a little in-ear Bluetooth piece that works moderately okay, but again, with the whole wind noise issue, um, you know, geez, I have to roll up the windows and, and sweat to death because my AC doesn't work if and when I want to actually talk on the phone while I'm driving. Yep. Uh, now, I don't remember the bottle number, but the, the, the TJ came with a Alpine uh, that is Bluetooth, um, what'd you call it, not enabled, ready? ready yeah. and and i bought one of those bluetooth uh units for 130 bucks which is just stupid yeah um, and uh, tried to hook it up and it would not work so i sent oh. it back it was brand new and it would not work so i sent it back got my money back and uh, decided that if i'm going to going to uh, going to go that route i will just uh, get a an alpine um because the alpine receiver is very nice i'll just get an alpine receiver with the bluetooth uh, enabled and i think it's like 200 bucks uh, so, uh, I mean, I think the radio that, that is in the TJ, uh, is about $130 radio and you put another 130 with it. That's two, you know, two, uh, uh So might as well just get a new unit. Only thing I didn't like about it was, is that, um, or we already have that unit. Ah, but anyway, did that. Um, so, um, 
that's about it, really. Uh, I had uh, several other plans to do things. Uh, I was going to go ahead and lay out the uh, the onboard air system and uh, air horn and see exactly how I was going to hook it up, but uh, I was actually going to do that today. And uh, I just said, uh, screw it. I'm just going to uh, lay back and relax today and uh, not do anything. I mean, you know, of course, the 4th, we had people over. Uh, so, I mean, 4th was kind of out for doing anything outside of just uh, family-type uh, stuff. And, uh, and then Friday... Uh, well, it just, uh, you know, it just seemed like a Saturday and then Sunday seemed like a Monday and today seems like a Sunday. So it's kind of confusing. Yeah, no, my, uh, my weekend was long. I actually, um, I took, I had Wednesday through all the way through Friday and of course the weekend off as well. So I've had a nice long break and it's been well-deserved with all the, uh, all the hours I've been putting in at work lately, but, uh, I went up to the Indian reservation and, and, uh, and picked up a little bit of fireworks up there. And on my way back down, stopped um, at a, one of the larger state shop, uh, shops, uh, fireworks stores, I guess, in, uh, in Vancouver, and, uh, and picked, up some, picked up some fireworks there as well. And got a pretty decent haul. Uh, we usually put on a fairly substantial show uh, every year, and we've had a, about a seven or eight year tradition of heading up to a friend of the family's house up in Vancouver, Washington, and uh, because Oregon is such a nanny state. They decided that you cannot have any fireworks that explode or leave the ground or leave the, or have a display <laughs> taller than five feet off the ground. Oh, man. So yeah, you're, you're limited to basically sparklers and small itty bitty fountains here in Oregon. Um, so we of course spend our money elsewhere and, uh, celebrate our, uh, nation's independence in another state as well. So I, um, we made our journey up to, um, up to uh, a friend's house in Vancouver and uh, had an awesome barbecue. The guy is an absolute master with a Traeger grill and, uh, and really, really puts it down for us. Uh, so we were, of course, gluttonous most of the afternoon and evening. And then uh, as soon as the sun started to, uh, started to go behind the trees, we start blowing stuff up. And uh, the block is, has gotten... Uh, the first few years we did this, uh, we were probably the big dogs on the block. And uh, the last the last couple of years, people kind of started competing with us a little bit. And uh, and this year was was no exception. And it it sounded like Beirut, man. It was it was absolutely bananas out there. Uh, just I mean mortars like you wouldn't believe. I actually got some stuff that uh, I probably shouldn't have that uh, had enough concussion behind it. You could feel the shock wave move your hair. A little bit and when it went off yes feel it in your chest and uh it was i i took notes let me just say that because next year i'm going to be buying the same stuff it was it was absolutely awesome we we put on one hell of a display and uh there's lots of people that come out that that are you know less fortunate they uh they maybe can't afford to to imbibe in those kind of fireworks so uh we you know we invite everybody to you know set up the lawn chairs and and camp chairs and stuff like that around around our area and, uh, and boy, we do it proud. So had a lot of fun on the fourth and then, uh, left for uh, a nice relaxing weekend out towards Florence, Oregon over at another friend's. They've got some private property on a, on a private lake and they have a beautiful lake house that they, um, they invited us to stay the weekend at. And it was very relaxing. It was, uh, very beautiful. And I, and I really, really had a great time this weekend and, and got a chance to do a little bit of R and R uh, and rest and relaxation. It was really nice. Well, you know, I, I can't help but wonder after the Boston uh, Boston City uh, explosions, 
do you feel a little uh, a little funny when you go out and buy fireworks? Well, there was a joke that went around. Um, we started blowing some stuff up, and, and a buddy of mine made the comment, uh, hey, don't worry, folks, we're going to bring out the pressure cookers later. <laughs> like, oh, oh, geez, was that too soon? You know, it's like, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of got to chuckle a little bit at it, but you know what, Tony, I, I don't know. I'm, I've, uh, I have a... I come from the background where 4th of July is, is about making a very loud boom. It's about um, expressing your rights to do so. Now, I certainly do not condone um, the, uh, the, the manufacture and, and use of IEDs uh, for, for any, any application, whether that be for you know, the, you know, a demonstration on 4th of July or whether it's to cause harm to people. Um, so, I mean, that's why I've, I've you know, I've, I, I kind of shy away from, um, you know, making my own fireworks as, as fun as that probably sounds and can be. I, uh, you know, I, I prefer to, you know, head up to the Indian reservation and, and, and get some stuff that's maybe a little more powerful than what you find in your, in your local tents, uh, in your city. Um, so, and that, that's how I do it. You know, I like to blow stuff up as much as the next guy. And I, I'm sure most guys do like to blow stuff up. So, but you know, I, I don't know. I, part of it is that, well, a lot of these loud explosions and stuff like that are, you know, people say, oh, it's, you know, it scares the pets and well, let's just keep it to sparklers and stuff. And it's like, well, no, no, that's not what our founding fathers, uh, you know, had intended and intended. So fireworks have been a part of our nation for, for hundreds of years. So, and I think they should remain a very loud and explosive tradition every year. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess, uh, the founding fathers, well, there was probably fire. I'm sure there was fireworks back then, but the founding fathers and the country as a whole back uh, during the uh, the revolution and uh, through all those uh, those bloody years and, and its finale probably would chuckle at um, the uh, the scaring of pets and uh, the uh, well the, the laws you were just talking about in Oregon about nothing that would launch into the air or uh, go higher than five feet and uh, my gosh I mean just because it, that's not the way it was 237 years ago uh, and earlier it doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it should be now but you have to be wondering you have to wonder what is it that we've lost in this uh, progressive march uh, to where we are today and um, I, I'm and I'm sure that I'm different than the way men were back at that time uh, and uh, they would probably look at me as uh, as being sissified especially about my uh, my often common joke about golf uh, I'll play it when it's air-conditioned um, <laughs> <laughs> and no, I mean the, the full 18 holes people. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just, uh, especially here in South Texas. Now, someplace where the, the, the climate 70 degrees, that would probably be radically different. It actually, it'd be nice to be able to go outside and, and not sweat like a pig, you know, in, in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, but, uh, no, I guess, I, I guess I had a good fourth. I, uh, I feel like I've had, uh, four solid days off. Now, I'll, uh, I'll remind you guys to uh, keep an eye out on xjtalk.com. Uh, MS, uh, or M. Smorenberg, uh, fellow admin on xjtalk.com, uh, took his uh, Jeep and family up to Marble Falls, Texas. There's a, uh, a little uh, off-road place in Marble, Marble Falls, <clears throat> and he did uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, rock activity. Uh, I wouldn't oh, say that cool. any of it was hardcore uh, rock wheeling, but, uh, he was taking his, uh, 
97 uh, long-armed XJ out for a, uh, a run, and uh, he said it did well. So he Good has uh, several pictures and a couple of videos. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yep. And, um, you know, I'll go ahead and make this announcement here. Uh, I haven't mentioned it to you, Josh. Now, we have a, a YouTube channel. When I say we, XJ Talk has a, has a YouTube, YouTube channel. And uh, I do have some plans, uh, especially now that uh, I've kind of resolved the issue with the uh, running hot uh, on my Jeep. At least I believe it's resolved. I still have yet to get out on the highway and, and drive it for 20 miles to see. But uh, I suspect that it's, it's much better now. Anyway, um, so I do have a couple of the uh, contour uh, cameras and a couple of mounts. So the, the plan is to uh, take some of the videos that I've already had that I haven't published and uh, take a few more and meld them in, together for a nice off-road uh, video of uh, XJ Talk uh, members, including myself. So uh, I've been wanting here for a while to um, get a, uh, an aerial photography platform. And uh, you guys may know those uh, as uh, quadcopters or even the ones that have uh, six or eight uh, motors and, and props. But I never did like the uh, $700 to $3,200 price tag on those things. Yeah, no, they can get pretty spendy. Very cool toys, tools, whatever you want to call them, but price tag at $3,200, far from a toy. But, yeah, those, uh, those are certainly impressive. Yeah. So I was, uh, I saw something, uh, oh, it was actually, uh, Wayne Cantab, uh, 27, 29 Cantab anyway, he had posted a video about the church that was destroyed that actually had to be demolished, um, or at least part of it in uh, New Zealand because of the earthquake they had had uh, a couple of bad, bad, bad earthquakes they had there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all the video was shot from one of these, uh, uh aerial platforms. So it got to, got me to thinking. It was a, it was a lot of fun to watch because you get to see things from many angles that you wouldn't be able to see from the street. Obviously, this thing was flying two, three hundred feet in the air and around things. And there was these, even some uh, some video uh, in it, that one or maybe another one I was looking at where somebody was flying it through a barn. So you're you know ten, fifteen feet up, flying through the rafters and stuff, and you just don't get those shots uh, with anything that's inexpensive. Uh, even at $3,200, it's, it's much more inexpensive than what they were doing this in Hollywood just, you know, 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, I, uh, I did a little search again, and I found a, a five-part article on this guy that built a quadcopter. And uh, his goal was to build one that could uh, fly a camera, a GoPro, uh, for uh, 200 bucks. Remote wow. control, everything. So, yeah, so uh, I read through it, watched his videos, and uh, was impressed. And uh, he had uh, the exact parts list with links to this place in Hong Kong, Hobby King, I think is the name of it. And uh, uh, some of the prices have changed, so mine was $214. That's a a full system. I'm sure I'm going to want to get more batteries because we're only looking at about a 15-minute flying time. Now, I'm guessing this is without the GoPro camera, of course. Yeah, I've got cameras. And and no, no offense to any of the GoPro guys, but I just went with a contour camera, so I'll be using a contour. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it uh, it handles um, it handles the weight of a, a, a GoPro, and I'm, I'm sure the, the contour, which is, gosh, not very heavy at all, it'll uh, handle that fine. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, that, uh, that'll be coming in. It's coming from, uh, from Hong Kong. So I imagine it'll be two or three weeks before the, all the parts arrive, but, uh, it's a quadcopter. 
So I, I've got to ask, I mean, some of the, I've seen some of these projects before, um, probably not the one that you're speaking of, but um, some of the more expensive ones, I'm sure, have this like three axis gimbal that's all gyroscopically centered and, and controlled and stuff like that to hold the camera. Um, does yours have any sort of, uh, of, of you know, free floating gimbal that, that holds the camera or is it all fixed? It's fixed. <clears throat> and the, uh, uh, again, this is a $200 uh, set up so um, but there is a uh, part of the software that you have to uh, update uh, or make modifications to which is really just as simple as uh, something that you would see in an online game setting where you're you're changing the values that they give you so it's not really any programming uh, but anyway anyway some of that uh, that tweaking that you do will actually allow it to um, maintain altitude as you change yaw and pitch so it's oh. yeah, it's smart enough to know to you know increase you know if you, if you're making this maneuver, it needs to increase uh, the propeller speed on one side or the other depending on the the yaw or pitch maneuver that you're doing. So it will hold it level, or, or I'm sorry, it will hold altitude. Now it will it it will not be level as you're doing the yaw and pitch to move around, but uh, if you're familiar with the the contour or the GoPro, I believe they're 120 degree uh, high def. Uh, video so yeah. that slight yaw and pitch I, I don't think is going to be certainly it's not something you want to pay uh, 15 bucks and go see at a movie but for a YouTube Jeep video and that's one of the things that I'm looking at it is is that there's something that I wanted to play around with I've always been interested in RC's can't believe that the the, rem the remote control transceiver the one you hold in your hand is 23 bucks 2.4 gigahertz 4 channel $23. It's just amazing to me that the, wow. yeah, because back when wow. I was looking at this thing years ago, those things were well over a hundred, hundred bucks, depending on oh, what you had. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, I figure 200 bucks. And, uh, if I can make the, the, the off-road video, make, make it look just a little bit different, a little bit better, a little more high quality. What the hell? No, a little bit, nothing, Tony. That's, this is going to be awesome. So well, I, I got to ask, sorry, I mean, are you going to tie a string to the Jeep so this thing will follow you and you just have to make minor adjustments? Or are you going to install a joystick in the, uh, in the Jeep and, and try and wheel and control this thing at the same time? Or, or is this going to be something you hand off to a passenger and say, here, make sure this thing stays above the rig while we go through this trail? I mean, how, how is this all this going to work? Well, more than likely, it'll be a situation like we were in last time when we went to, to, to Creekside to where there was a group of us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I drove out there in the TJ, but didn't take it off road. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I probably would, would ride with somebody or I would carry it along in my Jeep. And then we would get to a place that, okay, this is going to be a good, sh a good place to shoot. And then we would actually set up everything and get it ready. I'd probably put the phone, uh, doing the, the 1080 P, uh, still video. I'd probably set that up on a tripod and then we'd have them go through something. And so it would be it would be staged to a certain degree. I mean, to actually do it right, that's what you need to do. Because if you've taken videos or tried to take videos off-road, they don't come out very well because you always miss something. You're not ready. They're going before you're ready. So, uh, hell, there might even be some uh, uh, family service radio uh, walkie-talkies involved so that I can communicate with the person behind the wheel to go or to stop or to back up. Well, I know all too well the uh, all the video that I took uh, when I was at Northwest Fest a couple of few weeks ago uh, really didn't turn out that great. I uh, had borrowed a GoPro video camera from uh, one of my coworkers and had strapped that to my driver's side mirror. And a lot of the a lot of the the 
the weather was uh, it was cloudy and then it was sunny. It was cloudy and then it was sunny. It was, this was a first generation GoPro camera, and it it has this auto white balance feature, and it was fighting with that the whole time. And so a lot of the video came out exceptionally dark. Um, there was times where I got some mud on the lens. There was some times where um, it I had the wrong setting, and instead of taking video, it would take a still every three seconds. So I mean, it was just. It really wasn't all that great. I um I had also purchased right before that weekend a an Oregon Scientific um a camera. It's called an Action Cam, and uh, and I knew it's not it wasn't high def, but it was something that I knew was waterproof, um and that I could I could drop on the ground or I could roll over and and it really not be that big of a deal. And I strapped that to my axle at one point in time and got some kind of neat video. But it didn't turn out all that great because one, it's not high def, and two, well, it was underneath the rig and it was kind of dark and and all that stuff, and and it didn't really turn out that great. So um, I, I had taken probably well over six gigs of video, and I probably don't have but maybe thirty seconds of actual footage that I would even consider sharing with people. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, the sad thing about it. It's a very much a learning experience. So even much. yeah, even yeah. with this aerial. Uh, uh, video platform that I'm, I'm hoping to build, uh, I have no idea how well it's going to work. I mean, I'll, I I can go with what I've seen in this guy's video. In his first video, there's this thing called a jello effect because you're getting all the vibration from the motors and you're and the whole video thing looks like jello. Uh, it's very, uh, it, it's not fun to, to look at. And uh, so then what he did was he took the, uh, the case that goes around the Go, GoPro off because it's pretty heavy anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, just strapped the GoPro uh, with a uh, a, a Nik- uh, Nikon a, a nylon tie wrap and put okay. some uh, foam rubber type stuff, a thin thing like you would see on the back of a CPU, you know that anti-static stuff. It's kind of thin and black, but anyway, they um, he just did that and <laughs> used the tie wrap and some foam rubber to to cushion it, but between it and the platform, and uh, the video was great. It was very smooth and very nice. So. I'm wondering if you couldn't um, use, you know, something, you know, kind of like a shock mount for a microphone to hold the camera to where you're using, you know, some some stretchy cord and, uh, you know, an outer an, an outer, you know, shell, so to speak, that that then holds with the stretchy cord, um, you know, an inner clamp that holds the camera without getting too much into the weight factor of things uh, to be able to isolate vib- isolate vibration like we do on our microphones in our studios. Yep. Well, the you know the the one I have in my mind for this anyway is to, uh, to not to take long video shots, for to go into the final video. It's just a, a different uh, perspective that you wouldn't normally see on an off road video in a wheeling video. So you, you know I may have uh, we I may have an hour's worth of video on, from the aerial platform, and I and I wind up using twenty seconds of it because it's. 15 seconds here, 15 seconds here, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe three minutes worth or something, and just give you that different perspective. They do the same thing with, uh, like what you were talking about, uh, uh, attaching the, uh, the, the camera to the axle. Um, there's always little things that you can, different areas you go to, but generally speaking, you don't stay there very long. Or, that, or what you see on television, they don't stay there very long. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, I uh, don't know. It's something fun to play with. Uh, it's neat uh, having a, the ability to, to do these things both in uh, audio like we do on the uh, the podcast and, 
and video with uh, with the YouTube because uh, you put it out there and people can can watch it or, or not. And sometimes uh, you're quite surprised uh, about how well you're received, how well your work is received. So a couple of quick questions. Um, first, please, I hope you're planning on letting us know when the stuff gets in and and, and uh, how easy it, it was to put together and the results of everything. Are, are you going to maybe do a build thread for the uh, for the camcopter, as it were? Yeah, I, I guess I could. I didn't realize. It, I guess I really wasn't thinking that it would be all that interesting on the uh, the Jeep site. Um, but well, uh, it, it is wheeling related, and I know that we've got several you know techie, geeky, nerd type guys out there that are listening that would very much be interested in this, and one of them is speaking right now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, you know, I'm always happy to share, uh, the, the fun stuff that I do now. Uh, my daughter, uh, in her, I believe it was her junior year in high school was uh, part of the, uh, robotics, uh, class and actually went over to the convention center here in Houston to a, a, a three or four day event. And, uh, so I asked her, she just recently graduated and I'm not sure if she's still, uh, into that sort of thing, but, uh, I told her what I was ordering and said, I would be more than happy to to share that thing with her. Uh, and, uh, cause really the only thing I was looking forward to, to using it for was the, uh, aerial, uh, photography. Mm-hmm. And, uh, certainly she's uh, also expressed an interest in, in the little uh, remote controlled helicopter. So I'm going to be getting her to uh, put it together. At least that's the plan. Um, and, uh, I know that I'm, I'm able to do it, but maybe, uh, you know, uh, sitting down together and working through it, it will be, uh, a, a father daughter thing. Yeah, I was going to say, you took the words out of my mouth. It sounds like a, a great father-daughter project. So real, real quick, back to the YouTube thing. Um, with, the, with the XJ Talk Show YouTube channel, is this something that, that maybe we would accept submissions from our listeners or xjtalk.com uh, members if they have uh, some really cool wheeling videos that involve Cherokees and stuff that uh, they'd be willing to submit? Or would we be willing to accept it? Oh, yeah. I've been... Uh... I guess I really I did a lot of that or or made those requests uh, when XJ Talk uh, first uh, came on the uh, the internet scene and didn't get a lot of stuff from people and uh, I forget you know there's a lot more people on there now you know you have a tendency to ask uh, ask somebody to do something or ask somebody would you be interested and you hear a lot of no's so you have a tendency to go just to move on and not ask anymore but yeah absolutely especially with uh, with the uh, the deal we have with uh, Dropbox, it makes it very easy to uh, upload videos to uh, to Dropbox, and uh, those videos could then make, be mixed into uh, all kinds of things. Uh, just uh, uh, blurps, even blurps for the show, or we play a video uh, for XJ Talk or a promo for XJ Talk Show. Uh, XJ Talk Show and XJ Talk Show Play that promo on YouTube or various places, Facebook and stuff, to help uh, to help get more people over here listening and watching. So it could be used in, in many different ways. Well, I know if you guys want to submit a video, there's going to be a little bit of a procedure involved in that, uh, and we're going to probably have to walk you through that because videos do take up a, a fair amount of memory, not often something that you can just send through an email. Uh, so if you have something you'd like to submit, you can get a hold of either myself or Tony. Uh, myself, NW99XJ at XJTalk.com. Tony is is Mutteroy. You can always leave us a voicemail and let us know that you have something you want to submit, and we'll get back to you. That voicemail number is 530-675-4102. And if you would like to send <clears throat> send us an email so that you could uh, start the process about how to upload the video, you can just send a uh, uh, an email to videos at XJTalk.com. That's videos 
at xjtalk.com. So uh, wheeling videos, but I, I will warn you of this. I don't want to be too snobby, but I will warn you. If you have not turned your phone to take the video in a uh, wide format, should we say, uh, if it's a if it's where you haven't turned the phone and you're just holding it like you would be looking viewing something, I'm okay. not going to use those videos because that uses a third of the screen, if that. And, and everybody does it. I've done it too, but uh, I don't do it when I'm I'm shooting videos, for especially off-road videos or how-to videos. I always remember to turn the phone to this to the side, and and so should you. So. Um, if you're going to send in a video, remember you got to turn your phone to the side. You know, like you would see on your television, widescreen television, your your PC, or going to the movies. Can you imagine how many people would just be pissed off if they went to want to see World War Z and it was <laughs> it was very narrow. I mean, the letterbox, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get to see you get to see Brad Pitt's uh, ear and the nose of the person he's talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, folks, and well, and speaking of voicemails, uh, Tony, I think we've got some voicemails, don't we? We absolutely do. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just want to take this week to uh, complain about how Jeeps are being portrayed in Hollywood and movies. Watching uh, Jeffrey Donovan's hit TV show, Burn Notice, and a scene really got to me where the heroes of the show were under machine gun fire, and they hid behind a Jeep Cherokee, which... Why would you hide behind a Jeep Cherokee when there was a perfectly good stack of empty oil drums nearby? Everybody knows those provide excellent cover against machine gun fire. Anyhow, the way they portrayed this Cherokee was just totally inaccurate. They're hiding behind it. I did not see one sticker in the window dictating a stick figure family with the mom, dad, several kids, and an array of pets, both living and dead. Uh, that was totally non-existent, and I did not see one bumper sticker on this car that said, my child is an honor roll student. Uh, Hollywood's going to have to get on the ball and start portraying Jeeps more accurately. You know, this thing wasn't lifted. It wasn't beat to death. It just, it just it was totally inaccurate. I've never seen a turkey like that, except maybe off the showroom floor. Or maybe in a museum. Anyhow, I feel a lot better now. All right, thanks, guys, and I will chat at you later. Now, I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but uh, first off, thank you for the, the voicemail, Nikki, uh, as always. Um, I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but in that, that uh, show, Burn Notice, which I have seen three-quarters of one episode. Oh, it's too bad. That's a great show. Is I it? Love it. Well, you, yeah. probably, you probably know this then. Uh, I follow Bruce Campbell on Twitter. And oh, I cool. and because of that, I heard uh, or read recently that he was killed in Burn Notice, and he is no longer on the show. Oh man! Yeah, his well, character was killed off. He was a he was a great character. I uh, oh, he just is a character. 
Well, he certainly is. He certainly is. He's a great addition to the show. And I haven't I actually seen um, uh, anything of the new season lately. So uh, thanks for the spoiler. No, I'm kidding. This this is pretty old, man. <laughs> oh, really? Well, geez, I don't I don't know. I guess uh, it, maybe uh, maybe it's not syndicated in my area anymore or something. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't uh, seen any new stuff in a while. So I'll have to I'll have to go on my uh, Comcast on demand and, and catch up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't. Well, let me just let me just preference this with spoiler alert. You do know the Titanic sank, right? Oh, what? <laughs> yes. So, and uh, also spoiler alert: the Hindenburg blew up. So, now, oh, that's my favorite blimp. What's yeah, going this on is here? yeah, this is uh, several months ago. Uh, but anyway, Bruce uh, Bruce Campbell uh, killed off on that show, and uh, uh, just uh, you know, I, I didn't have an appreciation for Bruce Campbell. Uh, he, I remember whenever the series Briscoe County Junior came out, and I was thinking to myself, "What is this? What is the deal with this? This guy? Who is this guy? He's got this nasally voice, and he's taught us to be the hero of the show." And I just thought, "Oh my God, it's horrible!" And then later on, I saw some of the the you know the classic uh, movies that he was in, and just mm-hmm. it was so dumb, so many. So many of the uh, the catchphrases that were just so funny in the movie, so I became a huge uh, Bruce Campbell fan after that. It was uh, really really a lot of fun. Evil Dead is the movie I'm referring to. Oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> First week in G. Well, guys, I was hoping to bring to you guys a nice, tidy close to this whole Jeep recall thing. Uh, but apparently, uh, we're going to beat this dead horse for a little while longer. So I guess an auto safety group on Monday has urged the federal regulators to conduct crash tests now to determine whether the trailer hitch fix would protect the Jeeps involved in this massive recall from these uh, fuel tank fires and, and rear-end collisions. Officials from the Center for Auto Safety has made their recommendation in a meeting with the head of the NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, uh, which is studying this trailer hitch remedy proposed by Chrysler for millions of its older Jeep Grand Cherokees. Uh, these are the, the models 1993 to 1998, uh, totaling around 1.56 million vehicles in this, in this recall. So the Jeep Liberties also, as I have a couple of times noted, uh, they did not escape this recall after all. Uh, and the 2002 to 2007 model years are still in the same boat as the Grand Cherokees. So advocates for these uh, for this recall have expressed the need for what they're calling a full fix. This is comprising of three components: a metal shield on the gas tank, a stronger filler hose, and a check valve in the tank to prevent gas from flowing out should there be a crash. Because that's the the big thing is I guess the tanks are getting sheared from the vehicle. The filler hoses were getting ripped away, and gas, of course, was spilling all over the crash scene and lighting on fire, and people were burning to death. So uh, 51 deaths to date, um, not to you know diminish the, the numbers or anything like that, but uh, of all the Jeep accidents that there ever has been, only 51 people have died in all these. And, well, the fix, after Chrysler denounced the need for any sort of a recall, uh, is to install a trailer hitch. So... What's, what's going on here is that I guess the gas tanks on these affected Jeeps are extending more than about eight inches or so below the rear bumper, and that's the whole issue behind this thing. And these advocates are saying that the trailer hitch only minimally reduces the exposure of the tank, and Chrysler has offered any owner of the affected vehicles a free visual inspection. So if you own any one of these Grand Cherokees, you can go into your Jeep dealership, 
and you can get a free visual inspection to determine whether or not these upgrades are needed. The skid plate, filler hose, and check valve, however, supposedly, at least as of right now, if wanted by the owner, is not going to be free, and the cost and the labor for the skid plate and the uh, the installation and everything for that is going to be up to the owner's responsibility. So, guys, we're not out of the woods yet. If you own a Grand Cherokee, well, the trailer hitch may or may not become free. Um, the visual inspection certainly is free, but the full fix uh, that uh, that apparently is needed and that um, uh, this this company is uh, the uh, the Center for Auto Safety uh, is calling for is not going to be free as well. So maybe things will change in the near future. We don't know. In any case, regardless of all this, none of this is affecting the resale value of the Grand Cherokees. Uh, I guess the Kelly Blue Book value has not fluctuated as it has with other vehicles that have been involved in recalls. So uh, I guess that's good news. But in other good news, check this out. Jeep, out of all brands, well, over the 200 brands that were surveyed by the Brand Keys administration, they asked a total of 4,500 consumers to participate in a survey of 200 brands. And those people who were surveyed ranked the off-road vehicle brand Jeep, even higher than names like Hershey and Coca-Cola who both, by the way, were tied for second in this whole thing, and even above Levi's and Harley-Davidson and Disney, as far as the, being the most American. So Jeep brand is the most American brand on the planet. The only other automaker in this whole list, the top even the 25, that made it even to the top 25, Ford. That's right, Ford and Jeep are the only ones in there. Jeep, of course, being the most American brand on the planet. As well it should be. Indeed. Hey, uh, what do you think the odds are that the visual inspection, the people uh, from Jeep, Chrysler, or whatever, that are doing the visual inspection at the dealerships, uh, what do you what do you think the odds are that, that they'll be a salesperson? Oh, yeah. No, no. It's, <laughs> I, I highly doubt it's going to be a service tech. I mean, come on. Can no, you imagine no. lying out the service door that these guys are going to be facing? Come on. So here's the, here's the guy. Hey, great. Yeah, I could do your... <laughs> I can do your visual inspection. Well, you know, I can tell you even before looking that this new, brand new Jeep Wrangler is really going to take off for you, and it's going to be absolutely 100% safe. It'll coddle you at night. It's so safe, you know. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They're going to use this to launch the, the, the sale for the new Cherokee. Well, let's replace oh, this old geez. Grand Cherokee you have with a brand new, even safer, fancy 2014 Jeep Cherokee. They would have more luck getting me into a Grand Cherokee with a diesel and a nine-speed automatic than they would ever, ever have getting me into that bastardized piece of crap Cherokee. I hate it because of its name. And, and you know, I just uh, call it Preach something on. else. Preach on, brother. <laughs> call it something else and then, you know, put it and then uh, do it like you did the Liberty. Push it and uh, then uh, recall it and then uh, kill it. <laughs> Well, guys, we have a uh, another uh, Jeep tip for you tonight, and it's one of those uh, old-fashioned ones where we have uh, Steve uh, 4.3 LXJ from XJTalk.com uh, giving us the, the lowdown. And, uh, you know, he had a great idea. He said uh, we all build up these Jeeps, but oftentimes we don't know where to go take them off-road. And uh, he has some great tips for us tonight on uh, how to find places like that using maps and things. And... Uh, even online maps about how to find places to uh, to go off road. He actually uh, takes out some of the mystery of uh, things that they have on the map that are great clues 
as far as you determining what type of roads they are um, and uh, what type of areas they are. So really good information. And uh, we'll be getting to that uh, here in just a minute. And uh, then uh, we'll uh, wrap up the show. And real quick, guys, before we get into that, uh, without listening to Steve's tips, I must remind you to always tread lightly and please keep your wheeling to legal and authorized wheeling areas. Absolutely. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. Well, it's been some time, but we now have uh, Steve. Uh, you know him, you love him. as 4.3 LXJ on xjtalk.com back with us tonight. And uh, he's going to tell us something I think we all really would want to know. How do you find a place to go off-road? Welcome back, Steve. Hi, Tony. It's good to be back. Yeah, you know, we all uh, get on these websites and we fix up our rigs and then what do we do with them? Well, okay, we can drive them on the street, but that's really not what we're fixing them up for. Uh, If that was the case, uh, if we were just going to go mall crawling, as we sometimes put it, we'd drive something else, a Mustang or Camaro or a Vet or old muscle car or whatever. We really uh, want to know where to go and to wheel. And in some parts of the country, that's kind of difficult. In my area of the country, out in California, it's pretty easy. There's hundreds of places I can go. And a lot of the famous ones are in my backyard. Uh, High Lakes, uh, Rubicon, Fordyce Creek, uh, go a little bit further and and uh, I can hit some of the more famous ones down in Central California and go a little further and there's lots of famous ones in the Southern California area too in the Death Valley uh, areas. But if you're in uh, Texas or Oklahoma or Ohio, it's a little tougher. And I hear a lot of people asking on not only on our forum, but other forums too, where can I go for wheeling in Wisconsin? Or where can I go in Ohio or Pennsylvania or uh, any of the more populated areas in our country? And it's really a good question because if you don't know somebody that knows, then, hey, you know, you've got a kind of a hard time. So you get on your forum and say, how do I find a place to wheel? And uh, sometimes you get answers and sometimes you don't. Uh, depends on the part of the country you're in. So I'd like to give you some tips here on on how uh, I find places to wheel. And uh, when I started four-wheeling back when I was 15 and a half, uh, which was quite a while back, uh, I just loaded up my mother because I only had a driving permit, didn't have a real license, and uh, we just took off for the the hills and and there was plenty of places to go. And uh, I had a, some great adventures uh, not too far away. Uh, uh, one time I took mom with me and we uh, started out in Reno and we went to Virginia City with no road at all with a couple of other guys. And, and it was a real challenge. And uh, mom was real nice about that. And she was kind of done in when she got back. But she uh, she let me do it again. But for the most part, uh, outside of just putting a lot of gas in the tank and taking off, which could be a lot of fun, uh, sometimes it's kind of hard to find a place. So 
Nowadays, we have some more modern means at our disposal, and that's what I want to address in this particular podcast. The first thing that I get uh, is a DeLorme statewide atlas. Now, a place like Texas, there's probably two or three atlases for the state. There's two for California, one for Oregon, one for Washington. Um, and a DeLorme atlas uses the uh, USGS uh, topographical maps, and uh, you can see various kinds of roads there. Uh, the detail is not good, but it gives you kind of a good idea of what's around. And then once you have that, you just have to sit down and look at it and start looking for certain things. Uh, roads are marked in various ways uh, by how big they are. Freeways, you know, big red lines, and then the solid black lines are the decent paved roads and so forth. And when you get down to dashed lines, those are graveled roads. And on a DeLorme Atlas, uh, you'll see a few roads that are marked 4WD. Got to get your magnifying glass out because everything's really tiny. But once you find one of those, then you need to start looking on how to get there. For instance, um, I found a couple uh, with my DeLorme Atlas that were marked 4WD, and then I found some others that go from road markings to trail markings, and, and that's the really good ones. When you, when you see it go from gravel road to trail, that's probably what we would consider an OHB road, which is off-highway vehicle, and uh, is going to be a more difficult type of trail to follow. Now, once you've got your, your road atlas and, and you've got your magnifying glass so that you can read it, uh, you can go to the Internet. And the Internet is, is a wonderful thing. Uh, you can do a search for OHB trails, OHB parks, and there's a number of wonderful resources out there. Uh, for instance, I found one in Google Books just for California, and oh, there's this got about 30 or 40 trails listed, and uh, you know it's not bad. It's got some nice descriptions and uh, it's got some GPS waypoints and so forth, and and I found one that uh, uh, on this particular website that I'm going to go to, um, and it's called the Grapevine Jeep Trail. And the nice thing about it is nobody goes to it because nobody knows about it, even though it's published in this online book. So uh, we're going to go there. And there's also an upper Grapevine Jeep Trail. And uh, I found uh, another road in that area. It's one of those roads that turns into a trail that I was talking about called Ishi Road. And uh, if you don't have a locker, you ain't going to make it, even though it's an old road. It used to be paved at one time. So there's, if you, if you look, and you have to look closely, you can uh, start picking these things out. Now, another one that I found was called Trail Source. And uh, it's kind of cool. You can select your state and get a number of uh, trails that way. And, Tony, just for giggles, I, I did Texas, where you live. Oh, good. And it, Yeah, all right. Now, see, I knew you could relate to this. Because uh, 
there's not a lot of information out there really on Texas off-road vehicle trails. So I've got about a dozen of them listed here uh, for Texas, uh, Barnwell Mountain, Canadian River, General Sam's, Hidden Falls, Katempsi Rocks, Kermit Sand Dunes, OHB Park. Some of these are OHB parks. Uh, Lake McClellan, OHB Trails, Long Ranch Off-Road Vehicle Park, Primitive Acres, and so forth. But you know what? The one that's not on here is Creekside, the one that's close to you. So the lesson there is they aren't always exhaustive. And then uh, there's another one here that's kind of new but has a wealth of information on it. Somebody's done some research. It's called Dirtopia with one T. And it's a fairly new website. And nice thing about it is you can actually post a review if you know of uh, a particular trail that uh, is either not listed or is listed, but nobody's written a review on. And they've got a number of ones that have no reviews. And in, I posted one on here for uh, Signal Peak. And uh, I didn't check to see if they approved it or not. I will do that one these days. But it has a whole list of trails. And then once you find a trail listed on a site like this, even if it doesn't have a review, you can do another search just for that trail, and somebody someplace has probably put up a YouTube video or uh, done some kind of a review on another website, or uh, there's, you know, or just any number of little things like maybe uh, Jeep Club websites, things like that. And you'll find more information about them that way. And pretty soon you'll be able to piece together uh, a list of trails that are near you. Another one that I found for Arizona, uh, highergroundfourbyfour.com. Just Arizona trails and let's see, they've got about, just without counting about 30 of them here. And then they've also got uh, trails for Utah, not extensive, but uh, they're working on it. A lot of them are, are for uh, the Moab area. And uh, so that's the internet. You can do a lot of searches and get a lot of cool things. Now, the other source that I use is something that uh, I carry with me. It's my GPS. And I use a particular program called Backcountry Navigator on my phone. Um, out of all of the GPS uh, trail finders and so forth that you can get for phones, I think I like that one the best. Um, the guy that runs the site is constantly updating it and working out bugs with new phones and, and gives you a monthly newsletter and so forth. And right now there's a half a dozen different types of maps you can access and so forth. Uh, he's added new features since he's uh, uh, as I originally bought it, and they're all free, so it's a it's a really good one. And currently, I just use the USGS maps that are available for free. Uh, there's some you can pay to that are uh, in 3D and so forth, but the free ones I like the best, I think. And again, looking at the kinds of roads and what's available. Um, when you start getting into the fine detail and you can zoom in to where uh, 
the screen is only good for a couple of hundred feet on, on the GPS, you can get pretty close to uh, what kind of trail you're going to be on. Now, I'm going to go to, uh, at the time of this recording anyway, I'm going to go to a place this weekend called High Lakes. And if I use the official U.S. Forest Service map, there's just a few trails. When I get on my backcountry navigator, it's a whole different story. I see all kinds of stuff there. And so uh, we're going to go there and we're going to go on some trails that are not on the Forest Service maps. And we'll have a, uh, a trip report, of course, on XJ Talk, and, and we'll, we'll show uh, a screenshot of our trail that we go on and so forth. But that's a, uh, another valuable asset. Once you get one of those, you can check any part of your state, the maps download, and you can get into great detail on these things. And when you find that area, another valuable resource is Google Maps Satellite View. You can compare your backcountry navigator and your DeLorme Atlas with the satellite view, and you can start picking trails out that have or, or may or may not be shown on your maps. There's, uh, I went on one on Signal Peak, for instance, where uh, it didn't show it connected between the front and the back side, but it was, and, and uh, I went on it, and on my uh, backcountry navigator, now it shows the route. So the, uh, between all of those sources, you have to do a little homework. You know, it's not easy. You got to spend some time, but it's kind of like working on your rig. You uh, you prepare for things, and and preparing for a place to go wheeling is just part of that. And it's just time that you just got to study and and look for what's available. Now, beyond that, there are a couple of other sources that are kind of handy. One is the National Forest websites. They'll list some off-road vehicle access. Uh, also, BLM will list some. They're not necessarily exhaustive. They just promote the, one that's, the ones that they want to promote, not necessarily all of them, for sure. Uh, so you can look at those. You can get uh, uh, lists by state if you do searches for off-road or off-highway vehicle parks. And those you can uh, just get a list, and if you want to go to a OHB park and and play around on some acreage, uh, that's a handy list to have. So between all those, you do your homework, and you can find places to wheel. Sometimes you may have to travel a little bit. Uh, the uh, 16 or so that I found in Texas are spread out, and Texas is a big place. The uh, hundreds. That are in California don't have to travel so far and uh, a lot of them right in my backyard so uh, I'm fortunate that way well that's funny how uh, how there's so many more in California you would I, I expected many more to be in uh, in Texas but but basically guys uh, look at one of those uh, uh, the either the maps or the online uh, Google Maps and uh, find you a place to go wheeling thanks a lot for uh, tonight's Jeep tip Steve okay it's good to be here Tony thanks for having me and now for a disclaimer. Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions.
If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. Well, guys, that's another show, and I uh, hope you uh, had a good, safe, and healthy Fourth uh, of July. I guess it's not too healthy with all the food that we eat. I wonder if anybody out there didn't eat a lot of food uh, over the uh, the Fourth of July holiday. How about you, Josh? Were you good or were you bad? I was bad. I was gluttonous. I uh, I purchased about eight plus pounds of crosscut flanken style short ribs, and I probably put down about four pounds of them myself. I got into this back and forth with my wife. I got off early uh, Wednesday, and uh, she really, really, really wanted me to go to Sam's Club to pick up all the food with her. And I drive about an hour to work and about an hour home, and I just was not in the mood for going. And she said, uh, well, uh, you know, you're the one cook, wanting to cook all these hamburgers and things. And I said, no, you know, come to think of it, I don't. I don't want to. And I was just saying that so I wouldn't have to go because she's always like, okay, I'll get it. That's fine. And I was surprised come the 4th of July, I was ready to cook me some hamburgers. I even found me a recipe with uh, breadcrumbs and Worcestershire sauce and all kinds of crap. Wow, that sounds, sounds mighty tasty. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll never know because uh, she didn't she didn't buy any hamburger meat. <laughs> well, I got to give a big shout out to the city of Independence, Oregon, who allowed uh, Team Naxja to, uh, to stroll through their parade with them. Uh, we had, uh, well, just five Cherokees in there. But we we're displaying the uh, the Naxja banner proud. So thank you to the city of Independence, Oregon, for including a big group of Cherokees in their parade. That's great. I think it would be fun to do something like that here in the Houston area. I guess I should reach out to some of the folks at the local news stations that I uh, communicate with through Twitter and see if there's anything that we could be a part of. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, going through some city streets and in the middle of an intersection, stacking up three Cherokees on each other's wheels. That was uh, That was a lot of fun and something you don't get to do every day. You always wonder some somebody's got to bend something when that when they do that. I mean, you can't have it always perfect like that. I would always be nervous about uh, bending stuff, but you know, mine's a daily driver and I got it brand new. Are you worried about bending yours, Josh? Uh, well, I did get a slight tire scuff on one of my fenders, but you know, it's not a daily driver anymore, and uh, you got to pay to play, right? So, yeah, I guess so. Well, guys, we'll be back here uh, next week, and uh, don't forget about the Tony and Josh show Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Central Time. <laughs>